Welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt and Adam today. Boys, it's good to have you guys back. I mean, I, I got a lot of good feedback on the last podcast. A lot of them were like, hey, you should do more solo pods. You know, sometimes Matt and Adam just give awful advice. You know, just keep up, keep doing those. But I was like, you know, I really like hanging out with my boys and talking some poop. So <laughs> welcome back, guys. Jeez, wow, she's throwing a little shade hey, to start the Not episode. me, though. It's not me, it's the fans. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, but uh, it is, it's, I'm glad you guys are back because it's tough talking for a full, you know, 40 minutes straight, which I did. And I don't know if the viewers could tell, but later in the pod, like my voice was starting to get a little bit scratchier just because I, you know, wasn't drinking enough water. Getting those vocals. No, you just <laughs> you just have a scratchy voice, Alex. Don't worry about it. Hey, it's, yeah. it's fine. You gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> yeah, it's big. It's big, especially for for those uh, vocal cords. So, um, back to you, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> name name that movie. First person to put that movie in the comments, uh, we'll give a uh, shot to side keychain too. but um let's uh let's get into the meat of things guys game four of the nba finals denver nuggets take this one 108 to 95 commandedly in miami again winning back-to-back games in miami i talked about this on the previous podcast i was like you know Denver can't be, you know, content with just winning one of those games. Like you have to come into game two of being in Miami and and want to win that game so that you can close it on your out on your home court. Um, I didn't think it would be this easy though. Like it looked pretty easy for Miami. Granted, they got a lot of good help from players like Aaron Gordon, um, players like Bruce Brown who played great off the bench. Um, Matt, I want to start off with you. What did you see in this game four that kind of, you know, is switching things, not necessarily switching things over, but making things a lot harder for Miami to, you know, even compete with this Denver team? Yeah, I mean, really, this this game four was pretty much the the Aaron Gordon game. Um, he, was, he was pretty dominant in this game. Um, been three for four from three, which uh, you know, anytime Aaron Gordon's knocking down threes, like he's a pretty darn hard player to stop because he's so athletic, getting to the rim and stuff like that. And then on top of that, he's playing some pretty lockdown defense on uh, Jimmy Butler that he's gonna have to, you know, sit back and look at when he's ninety years old, sitting in his rocker, <laughs> like he said. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been pretty impressive, like. This Denver team as a whole, like when it's when it's not Aaron Gordon that steps up, it's Christian Brown that steps up, it's Bruce Brown that steps up, it's just all these role players are are stepping up for Denver. Whereas like Miami's, I mean, they're getting some good minutes here and there from guys like Duncan Robinson and um, Gabe Vincent the first two games, but I think overall Denver's like role players have just thoroughly been better um and really their stars too honestly um and i think that that's been the main difference in this series that each of their wins it seems like one guy has stepped up um whether it be any of their like role players um 
And that, that's kind of what you like to see as a game because you can always, like, count on, like, Murray or Jokic to have a good game, but it's the role players that, you know, can really make a difference in series. Yeah, I mean, and you saw the role players step up for Miami in that Boston series, but we, you know, it's been a total flip in this series. You know, they haven't had the same outcomes from players like Caleb Martin, players like um, Max Struess and Gabe Vincent in these last two games, but... Adam, when you're looking at these two stars on Denver, how are they outclassing uh, Miami's two stars in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? Well, here's the thing: like, like Jimmy, Jimmy and Bam are a, a good duo, but this year, what we've seen in the playoffs from Jamal Murray and Jokic, obviously, we've seen you know Jokic putting up triple double. Oh, triple double numbers almost every single game and then obviously i didn't see much out of jamal besides i mean i mean from the scoring point i mean he dished out 12 assists had 15 points but i mean he didn't really shoot the best but that team and i don't think it's about the star players it's about how well that want this one team meshed perfectly like you have a great a great point guard out of Jamal Murray he can shoot the ball he can pass the ball he has high IQ and then you have Caldwell Pope great 3 and D player the Lakers are definitely missing him (laughs) for sure and then yeah you have Aaron Gordon Michael Porter Jr. like and obviously Jokic like I don't know there's not a lot of starting fives out there that are that well put together especially like this year and then on top of that, you got that that amazing bench from Denver and Green, Brown, and Braun. But yeah, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like when it comes down to the NBA playoffs and especially the finals, it comes down to the bench. Like, is your bench going to perform? Because we know what what every starter is capable of. But when it comes down to high-pressure situations like the finals, we want to see those role players come out and and show show us what the finals is about. Yeah, I mean, the role players for Denver have definitely played a lot better. They've been more consistent than Miami's uh, bench has been, um, excluding Game 2 where Miami's bench shot a lot better. But, Matt, when you look at... Um, you know, what Denver has been able to do. I kind of want to get into just Jimmy Butler and how he's looked in these finals. Um, I said in my last podcast, like this might be a storyline, but, uh, and it was centered around, you know, is Jimmy Butler the type of player that can get you to the finals, but can't win you a finals. And um, personally, I'm not a fan of that storyline. I know what Jimmy can bring to a team. And I think it's taken a little bit off of what Denver has done to Jimmy Butler to kind of manage what he does in the offense. I did mention, too, that, you know, he might have an ankle injury that came from that New York Knicks uh, last series that they or series before. Um, But what have you seen from Denver that, you know, has kept, you know, Jimmy Butler from, you know, scoring more than 28 points in in a finals game? Is it? You know, I mean, I, clearly it's a lot of Aaron Gordon, but um, what has Mike Malone done to just kind of bottle up Jimmy Butler, stop him from 
you know, scoring, but also, you know, his steals have gone down as, as well in these, in these finals. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is that, you know, Denver takes really good care of the basketball. I think, um, like just in this last game, like they didn't have a turnover until like a couple minutes into the second quarter. Um, and that, and that a lot of that is because Jokic is a very, very great passer. And then obviously Murray is too. Um, and even Aaron Gordon finds people um, when he gets into the lane and realizes like that he doesn't have a shot or a good look at it. Um, and then just like, I feel like that the pace really wears down Jimmy Butler too a little bit because they play at a super fast pace, always pushing it in fast break. And this, this heat team really isn't a deep heat team. Like, um, Butler played 45 minutes. Like that's, I mean, that's a lot of minutes for a guy that could have like a somewhat hurt ankle too. So like you couple that with having a big body on, uh, Aaron Gordon on you on offense too. And like also having the, I think he's been covering like Jamal Murray a lot, which is, I mean, he'd been doing a good job cause Murray's struggled at, at times. Right. Um, in the series, but like, I mean, a lot of that's you know a ton of pressure like and a lot of like wear and fatigue on a player so like i mean it makes sense that he's not doing quite as much um you know offensively um and then another thing like that jimmy butler does is like he does a good job of getting to the line and he hasn't done that quite as much this series because denver has been pretty disciplined and not falling for those pump fakes um and i i think that that is kind of a part of his game is like he likes to get to the line and then once you get to the line, then you get to set up your defense on the other end, and they have a really good half-court defense. Um, so, I mean, th- those are just some things I see. Of Obviously, like, you know, there's tons of factors that go into things. Like, Denver just, I feel like they have all a little bit more, like, star power, like, in general. Like, um, I'd agree. Like, like us, I mean, you're missing Tyler Hero, too. Like, if, if Hero is there... I'd maybe say it's a little different because Hero is kind of like a Michael Porterish type player. Where do you can... bring Do you bring Tyler Hero back if he's healthy to go for uh, Game Five? I no. I don't think so. I mean, no. you're going to Denver in elevation. Um, he hasn't played in quite yeah. a while. I I don't know. If Miami were to win Game Five, though, would you feel a little bit better about bringing him back Game Six, or is this just way too? deep into this finals to be able to bring him back i just feel like it's too deep into the finals because like if they win game five that means somebody else did good and then you don't want to take that person out to put a hero in um i don't know it's it's a tough situation i feel bad kind of that they like they lost oladipo and they lost hero Uh, like those are two pretty good role players so yeah one good solid you know ball handler shooter with Tyler Hero and then you got a solid defender in Oladipo who you could have you know given Jimmy Butler a little rest on Jamal Murray so um, definitely key misses that they're using but um, you know looking at this game though it, it just felt like the entire game where Miami was just trying to find offense in certain ways and they just could never find it I mean Gabe Vincent, Max Drews, two of their starters combined for two points, played 19 minutes uh, apiece, which, um, you know, it just it just shows how much Denver starters are just not necessarily 
better, but I, I feel like they're more talented than Miami's starters. And when you have a player like Aaron Gordon lead an entire, like basically win a game four for you as a Denver Nuggets like team um, and be that high scorer of the game, uh, it just shows how much depth they have. And Adam, you touched on this too. Like having Christian Brown and, and Bruce Brown and even Jeff Green, who um, is a solid veteran that has been to finals, that knows how to win, having him in your tool bag to give, you know, Aaron Gordon, who even played 42 minutes, a little bit of rest um, helps a lot. And then, Adam, you also touched on KCP. KCP's a great, you know, 3 and D guy. Hasn't been shooting that great. Went 2 of 5 today, which, you know, isn't too bad. But um, him and Aaron Gordon are mainly there for their defense. And then um, I do want to touch base, though, maybe on one little flaw that Denver has. And it's not necessarily a flaw, but just somebody who hasn't really, you know, exceeded expectations here in this finals. And that's MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. Um Another bad game I talked about in the last podcast. I was like, you know, I expect him to have a better game four slash game five, but I was pretty, pretty imminent on saying it was going to be game four where he was going to, you know, maybe have one of those games where he puts up a good solid 20 plus points. That didn't happen. 11 points in this game, four of 10 from the field, 0 of three from deep. Didn't give you a lot of rebounds either to even make things, you know, easier for. Um, Michael Malone to play him had three three boards played 23 minutes um, Adam what have you seen out of MPJ like is this something to worry about going forward or is this just you know Miami has the type of defenders to guard uh, somebody like MPJ no I don't think Miami has anybody that can guard MPJ but like I'm not seeing, you know, anything crazy from him. But then again, he doesn't need to do anything crazy. Like, you you still have Jamal Murray. You have Jokic. And you have Aaron Gordon. And you have KCP. Like, I, I didn't really expect him to do anything spectacular in the finals. Or even in the playoffs. Just because he doesn't have to. Like, I mean, we, I mean... Then again, we haven't even seen like a, a game where he just explodes. His best game this series was the first game. He had 14 points, 13 boards. That's a solid game, but he doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't need to put up 20 and, and 10, you know? Like, I think that's why they even went out and got Aaron Gordon in the first place because they were also worried about his injury risk. And and Aaron Gordon is a he's a solid veteran. I think that's that's what they're kind of they want to. I think that's what they want to shape MPJ into, kind of in the future, kind of make him into that defensive um, threat. And then also, you know, well, the only thing is MPJ has a, a three point shot, which he definitely needs to get better at. <laughs> Does he really? He has a three point shot, man. I didn't even know. I couldn't tell from this series. No, not not this series. No. <laughs> no, but he is he is one of the better shooters in the league. Um, what? Well, yeah, regular season he shot forty one percent. So it's not like he can't shoot threes. He just can't shoot them this series. <laughs> no, I know that was the joke though. It's I was like, yeah, like 
normally he's shooting like around 35, 37% from three, which is phenomenal for a three point shooter. This series, um, I don't know if we touched on it, but um, 16% as of last game, this after this game four, down to 13%. So it's, I even said in the last podcast, I was like, it's hard to do worse than 16%. And, uh, you know, sometimes I wish I just, I wouldn't say stuff like that because, you know, you can get worse. (laughs) Yeah, you got to hold it in a little bit. (laughs) But, I mean, honestly, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about MPJ. I thought, Adam, you touched on that greatly. Like, they have other players that, stepped up my thing is you know if mpj was playing really good i think this game this series would be even more of a wipeout than it it is already looking um matt um i want to talk about the heat and their struggles uh we've talked about denver a little bit um in this pod but you know what does i mean we talked about it like bam's been like the mvp for miami we talked about the struggles with Jimmy Butler. Um, we talked about Gabe Vincent and Max Truce having a tough game. They got some contributions off their bench. You know, Caleb Martin looked a lot better. Not quite like the Boston series. Um, Kyle Lowry looked a little bit better. 13 points, 7 assists um, in 33 minutes. And then Duncan Robinson gave you 12 points. But, you know, what was... What did you see for that Miami Heat squad that, you know, just they couldn't get things rolling. I mean, they haven't scored a hundred points in, you know, since game two. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, um, part of it is just that like, this is just really not that great of an offensive team. Like it was like that in the regular season too. They're one of the lowest points per game of any team in the regular season. I think they're like bottom three or something like that. Um, and then when you you get, go up against one of the top scoring teams in Denver, um, they have one of the best offenses in the league this year, um, and you can't get enough stops. Um, it just makes it tough on you because um, Denver just they're honestly a scoring juggernaut. Like they <laughs> they're so good on the offensive end and makes the right plays all the time that even even uh, scoring like a hundred five points a game, which is like right around what they're at right now, is um, not even considered that great for them, but it's yeah below average. Yeah, it's getting the job done though. Um, like like you were saying with MPJ, like he's shooting bad, KCP shooting bad, and they're both those two players were shooting the lights out against the Lakers uh, in that series. Um, so it, Miami's defense is working to an extent. Like Jamal Murray's not doing that great, besides that huge triple double game that he and Jokic had together. Um, but so their defense is working. They're making other players step up, and those other players are stepping up, like Gordon and and Brown, and um, and then Jokic. Is, there's just no answer for Jokic, honestly. Like he just none. Uh, he's incredible. Like he's Bam's, fun to Bam's watch. done his best job though. Like Bam, I thought Bam's done a pretty like better than anybody I've seen in this playoffs. Guard Nicole Jokic. It's just. He's just such a defensive nightmare. And, you know, I thought, you know, if you can keep him to, you know, under like six assists, you'd be fine. And it's it's just weird because he had four assists this game and they still won by, you know, 13 points. So, I mean, it just shows how, you know, versatile that he is. I mean, he can do everything. Like rebounding is, 
you know, like a second thought to him, like you expect him to get at least 10 boards automatically. Um, Scoring the ball comes so natural. Like the way that he can just chuck up a shot at the end of a shot clock when you need a bucket. Like, I mean, the shots that come to mind are like that shot against AD. He's had one against Bam too in this finals where, you know, he's just going off one leg, almost Dirk-like and just nailing that shot no no rim whatsoever um it's just i don't think we've seen anything like nicole Jokic um from how he plays the game and then you add his passing ability as one of the best big men passing passers in the game it's i mean like you said it's nearly unguardable to guard i mean i don't know anybody that can guard that I, I think uh, I think Jokic, he uh, he borrowed some of Luka's magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully they don't go to a game seven because uh, I mean, besides the Sun series, I mean, Luka's. I mean, Luka needs some help, but I, I don't know if you can compare Jokic to you know that Luka magic. But no, I mean, I'm just talking about you know how like throwing up these crazy shots and they're going in. It reminds me yeah. of, you know, Luca. It reminds me of Luca just, you know, fade away, like fall away three and it just sinks it for a game winner. Like it just reminds me like they I don't know, they just do crazy things. Like it's insane how like they're doing this on this stage. Right. Yeah, that's my bad Adam. I was reading that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get what you were saying. But uh um, exactly. it's yeah, it's the moment. It's the moment. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, We're going to take a short break. When we come back from the break, uh, we will talk more uh, Denver Heat Game 4, and then we will get into a little preview of Game 5. Maybe uh, the Heat can come back and win a game in Denver, send it to uh, Miami for Game 6, get some redemption. Or we might see a little bit uh, of an early exit and an early finals victory for the Denver Nuggets. We'll be right back. We are back, guys. Um, game four of the NBA Finals. Kind of a a little bit of a bummer. You know, I, I wanted a better series. Matt, you did say that you have Denver in five. I think me and Adam said Denver in six. So, um, you know, even though you had to, you know, chip in and, and buy some champagne with Adam and support my, you know, win of the Lakers uh, making it further, it looks like you're going to be able to uh, take the crown of calling uh, how many games this finals game is going to go. So props to you, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I wasn't expecting them to win in Denver. I thought they'd get their one win in Miami, but I'll take it. I mean, they could they could still win. Maybe uh, Adam Silver will come down with a suspension like the, the other three won come back maybe they'll suspend Aaron Gordon or something to help help Jimmy Butler get back in this series like they did for LeBron yeah but we'll, we'll have to see I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like Aaron Gordon get you know like a steroids you know test within the next couple of days and you know maybe he's out for the series or something so <laughs> I mean anything that keeps this series going but um you know even if that does happen I still think Denver has enough pieces where um, this game isn't going further than six games. Um, 
And even if it does, like Miami, that's that's a tough order to ask. I mean, to win two games in Denver, um, even though like having home court advantage in these finals it hasn't been great. I mean, there's been one team to win at home, and that was Denver game one. That's it. Um, otherwise, the road team has won every game after that. So um, let's start off with that. Like, do you guys find that surprising to see like – the home court advantage not be as significant in the finals than maybe it has been in years past, maybe not recent future, but um, back when, you know, home court actually meant something where home fans, you know, pose some sort of influence into not only your uh, home team getting going, but also keeping a run going. Yeah, I think that's, that's usually that's what you, you, you work the whole season for is to get the home court advantage because that guarantees you at least two wins at least it should but i mean this this uh final series has definitely been um far different than others Com- definitely compared to like last year's where literally it came down to who who won at home and the warriors are very good good team at home I mean, so is Denver, especially this year. But, I mean, we haven't really seen anything spectacular from, from Miami. I mean, only eclipsing 100 points once. It, it's it's kind of sad. It's depressing because, yeah, like you said, Alex, I was also hoping for a, a more intense series. But we still get to see, you know, great players on um, the final stage like Jokic and, and Jimmy Butler but yeah it's surprising to say the least yeah different stars than we're probably used to in final series like I think there's a lot of media centered around you know having another LA Boston finals and uh as much fun as that would have been I think we got the right two teams um you know maybe you could question Miami a little bit but I think they definitely question Miami. (laughs) I I know you could, but like, I felt like they really deserved it. The way that Jimmy played, the way that they had, you know, some of the bench players that we've talked about in this finals that haven't stepped up, they stepped up in those Eastern Conference matchups. And, you know, whether it was Caleb Martin, whether it was bringing Duncan Robinson back into things when we thought Duncan Robinson was going to turn into like a Chandler Parsons type of player and just never (laughs) play again and just get that one contract. They've had players step up, so I think they are deservedly so, like the Eastern Conference champions, and they deserved it. Oh yeah, like don't don't get me wrong, like I I'll give Miami all the credit to, for making it this far. Yeah, like they deserve it, but like you put Boston in this series, it's at, it's probably two two by now. It's probably two two, depending on the health of Jason Tatum, right? I well right, and, and you can. Matt, you can make the, you know, kind of question around it, like where, you know, if Jason Tatum didn't get that ankle injury in that game seven, the very first play, like, could it have been differently? Yeah. I mean, honestly, just watching this series, though, I'm not even too sure it it would even be a close series with Boston. I feel like Denver's just been that team this year. Like, it took two, like, massive games from Devin Booker and KD to get two games in that series. And I feel like, 
I mean, Jalen Brown was shooting like dog shit in that Boston series against the Heat. Um, even Tatum didn't play that good. Um, I don't know. I feel like Robert Williams is in Garden Jokic. Bam's probably better at Garden Jokic than Robert Williams. Agreed. Um, I don't know. It'd be a, it's definitely a different matchup. It, it poses a little bit more pressure because Aaron Gordon can't guard Tatum and Brown. Um, so somebody would have to guard one of them. Um, but I don't yeah. know. It'd be interesting to see. Um, I think I think what we're seeing, like especially in the league now, like the past years, we saw like the best players pretty much being point guards, and now what I I believe what I'm seeing is like everything's switching back to the big man. Like 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 years before, like they were kind of like down. Every team was kind of downsizing. They didn't really have a lot of like seven footers on the team. Now it's kind of looking like if you don't have like a, a star seven footer, like don't even yeah. like you don't you don't have like as good of a chance as other teams. Well, even look at the drafts too. Like back in the day, you were drafting like a center in the top three picks. Nowadays, I mean, you're seeing a bunch of guards go in the drafts early, and then like maybe you're seeing like one, maybe two centers getting picked in the first round. I mean, Jokic was the second-round pick. Was right. held back behind Yusuf Nurkic in Denver before they traded Nurkic to Portland. I mean, we might not have seen Denver at their best with Jokic if that didn't happen. So the fact that that happened and we've seen this sort of play out of Jokic, the amount of trust that not only Michael Malone, but that coaching staff, that organization has – in the ability that they saw in Jokic at a young age, I think proves a lot to that organization that they can bring in talent and trust in their draft process to be able to build these players into players that they can not only keep on their team long-term, but also win a championship. I mean, this is this is huge not only for Denver, but huge for small markets. Um, teams like Portland, teams like Minnesota, um, teams like OKC, even though OKC's done it with KD, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, but they didn't, they didn't quite get over the hump. You know, it looks like Denver is finally going to get over that hunt, hump, and I think it gives a lot of hope to these small market teams, especially with this new CBA rules where you know it's going to make it harder for you to have three stars on your team. You're only going to be able to have two max players, and then you're going to have to fill those, fill that the rest of that lineup with uh, good role players, players that can fit around your two main guys. Yeah, and that, that's why Denver has it spot on. Like, their roster is set up perfect for the future. I mean, because Jamal Murray, granted the fact he's a great player, he's not a max contract player. So Denver doesn't really have to worry about that too much, I don't believe. Don't get me wrong, he's a great player. But he's know, not man. max... He's not getting Anthony Davis. He's not getting Jokic. He's not getting Steph Curry. You know, contracts. I don't. I don't see that happening. I mean, you could throw injury woes in there, but the way you, the way he's looked in the in these playoffs, um, you can't call him bubble bubble Murray anymore. I mean, like that's that's out the window now after these playoffs. And you know when you see a player like Jamal Murray help out Jokic this much 
sometimes, you know, maybe that player isn't a number one player, which I don't think, you know, Jamal Murray is necessarily, but Matt, maybe you can attest to this a little bit, but how much is it important to have a secondary star that can match so well with your superstar in this case, Nikola Jokic? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, he might not be, I wouldn't consider Jamal Murray a superstar because I feel like Right. My opinion, there's only like five to ten true superstars in the league. Uh, there's a lot of overpaid guys. Um, I mean, the, fan, Bronze, the fans want to hear like, what's your top ten. <laughs> Who's your ten superstars? I mean, I, I don't have like a specific top ten, but I mean, guys that can like lead a team, like Giannis, obviously, like LeBron's dropping off a little bit just because of his age. Um, but I always say Luca, Giannis, Luca, Steph, obviously. Yeah, um, Jokic. Um, honestly, I'd probably put Butler in that conversation just because like he's shown multiple times that he can at least get to the finals. Yeah, um, I'm sure Butler would love to have Jamal Murray to help him out in the finals. Would you throw Booker um, and KD in there, or is just I would one for of those? sure throw KD in there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't throw Booker in there yet, just because I mean uh, <gasps> he did. He did. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a big reason they made it, like CP3 helped them a lot. He gave them that that jump. Um, I mean, he elevated that OKC team that was terrible, and each team he went on, he elevated to at least the playoffs. So I think if, if Booker and KD, I think they have the potential to be that. Like, Booker was a superstar this year in the playoffs. They just didn't have enough depth. Um, but I think he's just got to prove it, like, maybe one or two more years before I put him in that. I put Kawhi in there, uh, even though he's been injured, just because. Wow. I feel like I mean he's been to, he's two two time Finals MVP, two time champion. I mean it's kind of tough to to argue against it. But he's, it hasn't he hasn't been in the playoffs healthy in. I mean a good solid yeah. two almost three years though. When he was there though, they made it to the the conference finals. Then unfortunately he tore his ACL. Right. Yeah, I mean that's just the only question I have around. I'm not going against you on that. I thought Clippers were going to get to the, you know, the finals. So like, yeah. that just shows like how much confidence I have in in Kawhi and Paul George, but also the team they built around them too. But you know, injuries are a factor in the NBA. We've seen that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I I feel like uh, I might not even put Tatum in that yet because I feel like him and Tatum and Booker are along the same lines, whereas. They made a finals, both of them did, but I feel like they got to maybe prove it one or two more times, like get there again, um, just to show that there it wasn't like a fluke or anything like that. Like, like because like Trey Young made it to the conference finals, but I feel like that was a fluke. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the finals, but still, um, I think consistency makes you a superstar. Um, and, it, and the only reason I put Luca there already is just because I feel like he's just. I mean, he's just a force. Like well, he's, he's he puts, different from those players, anyways. And he just puts Nobody up like stats, um, like in every category. Um, but I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of overpaid guys he, these coming years because of how contract, like how big the super max is now. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Cat's like an amazing player, but like, it's almost insane that he's going to be making like fifty plus million. Like, <laughs> I mean. It like is that worth it? Like no. sometimes, I, quick know. answer: No, it's not worth <laughs> it. And it's not that he's not good. Like 
and like Jalen Brown, like he's going to be making 60 million at some point. Like, holy shit. Like, I, I don't know. It just seems like kind of absurd, but it's not just those guys either. Like these coming next coming group of contracts is just going to be crazy. crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, and then that gets you into thinking about like, you know, what contracts are you offering players like John Morant, players like Zion Williamson who have had off the court issues. Does that play into what you offer them? Or is this, you know, a factor of like, maybe in Kyrie's situation as well, where, you know, it's too good of a talent where you have to pay them. You got to keep them on your team so that you actually can have a chance come playoff time. Yeah. I mean, I think Josh case is a little different. I, I would still pay him just because, I mean, he's been most, mostly healthy. I mean, he did get hurt in the playoffs these past two years though. Um, kind of. I guess, well, yeah, he did get hurt in the, yeah, the Lakers one. He hurt his hand. Yeah. Um, but, like, Zion, I feel like Zion's a little bit different. Like, he's been so hurt. Like, at a certain point, you kind of, like, got to real like, you can't tie $60 million up in somebody that's not even playing. It's one thing to underperform. It's another thing not to play at all. Um, so, I, that that's a little tougher, but... I mean, also, if Ja gets a huge suspension, though, that's also really tough to decide, too. So, I mean, I, I agree Ja's situation is different, but, like, I feel like his situation is maybe a little bit more extreme. And maybe what we've talked about a little bit more in the media is just his situation of, you know, not only having it happen once to him, but twice. And then there's multiple, you know, sub actions that have happened in the past that have also contributed to, you know, us questioning his contract. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, oh, you can go ahead. I, I, yeah, no, yeah. Honestly, Memphis, Memphis is getting the the biggest discount ever because they they don't have to pay Ja like thirty five million now, like because okay, nice one, Alex. <laughs> you just spilled all over yourself. <laughs> For the viewers at home, Alex is <laughs> sipping on some champagne right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sipping, I'm sipping on champagne just because I know this series is over, and I'm just trying to, you know, take in that last bit of excitement of the NBA Finals. <laughs> hey, hey, shots aside, I mean, let's get back to the point. <laughs> no, but yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Ja would be getting like a max contract solely because of his off-court issues, but he already screwed himself out of thirty-five million, so he's he's doing that to himself. But but I, I feel like Memphis is still in a good spot. Like you can still offer him the max contract. It's just not going to be the super max because he didn't qualify for an All NBA team, so you can't even offer him the the super max at this point. So. It's a discount as it is. I'm still offering Ja the max. I'm just hoping that, you know, you know, I'm hoping he learns from this mistake, these mistakes. Um, Play with the guns at home, Ja. <laughs> just, just, just play with them off camera. <laughs> yeah, not on camera. Don't go on Instagram Live. We don't – just stay off Instagram. God, social <laughs> – Social media is so bad for you. <laughs> it's, it's not going to, you're not going to do better being on social media. You're not making more money being on social media. So 
unless you're in college, but college sports are a little bit different with uh, NIA um, rights and whatnot. So, but uh, let's show, <laughs> we got a little bit off topic, but let's get back into this Miami Denver series. Um, looking at just like the difference in this game, three point percentage was in favor of Miami all series. Not the case in this game. Uh, Denver shot 14 of 28, took three more attempts than Miami. Miami t- made eight of 25. So if you're looking at percentage wise, Denver took or Denver was 50 percent, Miami 32. Um, huge differential rate there, just in percentage. And then um, I thought just looking at you know some of the steals numbers, which just threw me off in this game. You would think you know Miami as the better defensive team would have a lot more steals, which um, you know, most people would think that did not happen in this game as well. 11 steals for Denver, only two for Miami. So, um, those were the two things that really, you know, in the team stats section that kind of threw me off of this game and, and was a big factor in why, um, Denver ended up winning this game. Not, I mean, on top of the, the bench help that they got and Aaron Gordon's outstanding performance. But what did you guys see, especially Matt, what did you see out of um, Denver just controlling the ball, not turning the ball over? And Adam, you mentioned it, Bam Adebayo having seven turnovers. That was a big factor as well. Yes, seven turnovers, more than the entire Denver team with six turnovers. It's a pretty glaring stat. Um, And some of them were just dumb turnovers too, like where he... They just miscommunication. He just throw the ball out of bounds to uh, one of the courtside fans. They caught a nice pass from it from Bam. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they they're just they're just crisp with their, their passes, especially and that that's big. Like on the road is like not turning the ball over, getting fans into it, and stuff like that. Um, and then really Miami was the opposite. They're just made some careless turnovers. Um, it seemed like they panicked at times too when they were getting trailing. Like, um, and it was, I mean, when you're trailing and the series is already at 2-1, you start to tighten up a little bit, um, especially when you're like a role player. Like, um, they are just bricking some shots too, like left and right. Um, Struce has been absolutely terrible. Uh you know, actually, Dunk Robinson's actually been pretty pretty solid throughout the series. Um, he's given them some good minutes, especially offensively. Um, K-Love, I, I still think the K-Love adjustment's been pretty good. He's actually been pretty pretty solid for them. I think, I mean, he's obviously not the best defender, but he's a bigger body in there. He's, he's good at rebounding, and he can stretch the floor, too. Um, I think it kind of what we were talking about a little bit, like with the big men, uh, what makes them so dominant, Denver, is that like Jokic can spread the floor completely and shoot threes. He had like one three from like four or five feet behind the three point line in this last game. And part of why Jokic can even defend Bam is because Bam can't shoot threes. Um, so it, it tightens up the court a little bit for them. Whereas I feel like that's that's the most dominant big man in the league. That, at this point in time is like if you can shoot threes like you're really tough to guard especially when you're a seven footer and can pass the ball um so i mean i don't think bam will ever develop a three-point shot but um 
that definitely you does n- affect you never things, know. though, I think. Um, I mean, but you never know. Like, Brooke Lopez, not a three-point shooter coming into his career, ended up developing that shot. Um, you never know with centers nowadays, but um, to this point in Bam's career, yeah, you're right. You know, he hasn't developed that three-point shot, but the mid-range jump shot for him, getting to his spot against Jokic, has worked in this series, but, you know, you can't be trading twos for threes all the time. Yeah, I mean, Brooke Lopez is also over seven feet tall. He's not six nine like Bam. True. I'm. I'm just saying, like, like centers can develop that three point shot. Like, even a player that Minnesota fans are used to, Nas Reed, didn't come into the league shooting a ton of threes. He's one of the, you know, him and Cat both didn't come into the league shooting threes, and they've both developed their three point shot to where they're shooting. You know, close to four to five to six to seven attempts per game. Not to bring up LeBron and Miami's four, five, six, seven, not seven, but eight championship games. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it does happen, though, in the league where you you got to be able to shoot if you're a big man nowadays. And um, if you can shoot from three on top of being a dominant post player like Jokic is, I mean, we talked about this a lot in these podcasts like it's pretty tough to stop yeah and the only reason i even brought it up is more so like because Jokic has been known not to be like the best defender in the world so like when you can pull him out further out to the three-point line it opens up lanes even more so like that's why where it can be an advantage um and that's that's honestly why like the t-wolves looked pretty good against them at times is because cat does make you draw out um, obviously, like it doesn't work when Rudy's out there too, because Rudy can't shoot outside of three feet. Um, but <laughs> when you do have a big, big, it can cause problems. Um, really, I think like uh, Miami's actually like a great matchup for the Nuggets. I think like a matchup like the Sixers probably would have been interesting to watch because right. I think that they match up really well. And then yeah, they have some sure. like PJ Tucker that could go on Gordon and stuff like that, but we won't get too too much into that. Yeah, I mean these are all possibilities, but I mean looking into this preview for Game Five, Adam, is there anything you're looking at where like you know maybe Miami has a shot to maybe come back down three one in the NBA Finals? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. I you don't sound confident fuck. on that, dude. Like when you have only. If- Eclipsed like a hundred points one time in four fucking games. Like I don't have like a lot of confidence in that team. Like especially now that like like, like I'm pretty sure Tyler Hero is like 100 percent not coming back. I mean, if I were the Heat, I wouldn't want him coming back and blowing up the whole situation. But. The only way that the Heat get out of this situation is if Gabe Vincent, Max Truce, and Duncan Robinson, and like Caleb Martin all go fucking crazy, which is not going to happen. Like, maybe it'll happen this next game. Hell, I would love to see that. I would love to see Miami absolutely fucking go off. But the chances are just not it. I mean... We've been just seeing some weird situations this whole finals, and 
I don't know. I don't think Miami... I mean, Miami's well-coached, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if they have the star power nor the um, the connectivity as a team to really, like, push past this, this hard Denver Nuggets team. I don't know. It, it would really shock me if, uh, if Miami moved this to a game six, but I would love to see it. So what I'm hearing from you is, you know, Denver might have to pop out the champagne early for this finals win. Hey, Al, you're, you're already popping out the champagne right now. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm in Denver right now. I feel like we should be celebrating if we're in Denver. Dude, could you imagine if Denver was Minnesota right now? I think we'd all be shit-faced for, like, months. Oh, th- <laughs> there wouldn't be a podcast. The podcast would come out a month after because we'd be... <laughs> I'd be on the the largest bender of my life, just... <laughs> I mean, it'd be scary. It'd be scary if Minnesota was in this situation, but I can only imagine what Denver fans are going through right now because, I mean, <laughs> if I was a Denver fan, um, this... It, it kind of reminds me of Cleveland. Like when LeBron came back and won it for Cleveland, like that's one of the greatest things that has happened to Cleveland in sports history in probably forever, I'd say. So maybe not quite on Denver's level because they've had like the Broncos that have won. Um, you know, they've had teams, sports teams win in Denver. So, um, but this is, this is the first time for a Denver Nuggets team in the NBA where this has happened. And, you know, I'd be I'd be celebrating quite a bit if I was a Denver fan. Um, I know we're it's maybe it might be premature, but um, it it definitely is looking and shaping up to be a Denver's uh, finals win. De- Denver's gonna win, and Jokic is gonna be like, Denver, this one's for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, and then and then he rides off into the sunset on his horse. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought he'd be like at the press conference be like i got 10 free goats going out on instagram live tonight <laughs> first takers <laughs> oh gosh but i mean matt what's what's i mean you know maybe we're maybe we're getting too ahead of ourselves for this denver uh team winning the finals but like is it is it a lock that they win it here in Game 5? Uh, you know, I mean, this would be the first championship ever. It's at home. I Honestly, I feel like it is going to be deafening loud there. Um, yeah. I know if, if this was a T-Wolves in a closeout finals game, it would be a ridiculous amount of hype there at the game. So I, I would expect the same out of Denver. I think... Denver's got pretty good fans too. That's they've had loud games. I know they they dropped game two, but I mean it actually looked like they were in control of the game at certain points. They kind of just uh, I feel like they kind of let up off the gas a little bit, and unfortunately it bit them. But uh, I think they learned from that, and I I, I think they'll get it done. Um, I don't know. I think honestly you can't shoot much worse than what Porter and. Uh, Caldwell Pope have done so far so like if they even hit a couple shots yeah. like the floodgates could come open on this game too um I mean Miami's a gritty team so I think they'll at least put up a fight I mean they 
you can count on that. Maybe they catch fire from three and can extend the series, but I don't know. I, I think it's probably over. I don't want to say for sure, but I'd say I'm 99.9% sure it's over. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Denver Nuggets fan, you're just hoping that it'll bring the uh, caution tape out and start rolling the Larry O'Brien trophy out when there's like, you know, one minute left and they're up by like three points because that would be, uh, we've seen that before, you know. We've seen we've seen Ray Allen nail a, a corner three to, to put that Larry O'Brien, O'Brien trophy away for just a little bit. Um, so that, that's the worst case scenario for maybe Denver, but um, the way they've looked all series long, um, especially on the defensive end, like we've talked about, only one game in that game two where they put up over 100 points. Um, phenomenal on defense. Maybe a little bit of struggle from Miami scoring the ball as well, but um, I think they just have enough offensive power. And uh, going into this f- game five, it's going to be tough for Miami to not only win in Denver again, but like you said, Matt, when that, you know, I mean, this is a closeout game. That Denver crowd is going to be insane the entire game um, and make it that much tougher. But if any team can do it, it's this Miami team. You know, they're resilient. Um, game five, guys, I believe is tomorrow which actually will be uh, today when this podcast comes out. It will be tonight um, at 7.30 p.m. on ABC slash ESPN. As of now, Denver is favored by nine points. So um, this might be the largest, um, maybe not, I shouldn't say largest, but nine points to be favored in a closeout game. You usually don't see that a lot. So um, something to look forward to, but. Um, make sure to follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, we do have some interesting, interesting co- uh, content coming out. Again, we're still waiting on Adam to kind of come out with his new TikTok. We've been talking about it for about you know twenty podcasts lately, and you know haven't seen much on the TikTok. So, Adam, the anticipation it's building. Oh, you build it up. Okay. Is building. All right. I think it's building. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I mean, you're ready. We thought it was coming out, you know, months ago, but the anticipation is definitely getting to us, not only here at Shots Side, but the fans are waiting, dude. They are waiting up for that TikTok. Um, We are excited. We are excited. It's going to be a good one. His top five all time players. After that, Matt, Matt's got a big one. He's got his top five. So, um, Good stuff coming out on the Shot Side uh, accounts. And um, if you guys like and enjoy the content, make sure to like and follow. Uh, maybe subscribe. Um, maybe leave a, a little comment down below. Maybe questions, comments, concerns. Maybe some stuff you guys want us to talk about in future podcasts. Um, we love to hear from you guys. Always good to hear. Um, yes, that is Matt yawning. He's uh, he's. <laughs> He's ready for bed. This is a, it's, it's been a long podcast and it's also late night. So, uh, but, uh, it, it's great having you guys on Matt, Adam. Thank you guys for joining me. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet guys. <laughs> from us here at shots aside, uh, until episode 62 deal with game five, maybe a Denver win, hopefully a Miami win to extend the series. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out.
Peace. <laughs> wow, you guys' piece is way better on the first one. <laughs> oh,